from Des Moines, the Moinesiest Des Moines of them all. It's the Talking Paragraphs podcast. I'm your host, a man required to rate his level of illness by the color of his phlegm, Daniel Finney. And joining us via smoke signals created from a fire of the last of his hopes and dreams, the world's most dangerous accountant, Memphis, Paul. Paul, I have something to confess. Uh, we recorded a podcast last Saturday or Sunday, and it, it never made it to publication. This is the first you're hearing about it, I know. So uh, I, I know there are parts of it that you drifted out from. I, I didn't realize the whole thing failed to uh, meet standards. Here, yes, a very high broadcast standards. Well, here, here's what's happened. Uh, in recent weeks, as I've been working as a student teacher, I have been taxed physically and mentally to the max. And usually what I do is come home and just collapse. And Pepsi Max? Say that again? Pepsi Max? Yes. Is that a product, Pepsi Max? Uh, Tex-Mex is a product, I think. <clears throat> but Office Max, for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Continue. AutoZone. Anyway, I come home and I just collapse. Well, the last couple of podcasts, maybe three or four, I've been kind of dopey and just spewing word salad and had slurred language. So much that people were writing to me and saying, are you okay? Uh, and here's what happens is when we do the podcast, we go over the card of what we're going to talk about. And then the last couple of podcasts, I've been doing them from my recliner with the laptop because yeah. I just didn't want to stand up again. And I was really, my knees hurt a lot and the arthritis and I was still pretty tired, but I wanted to keep doing the podcast. Well, the problem is the recliner is really comfortable and your voice is very soothing that that slow southern draw and fire yeah fire call right so i uh what would happen is i'd fall about 75 percent asleep but i would still talk so you would be talking about a topic and in a rare form would be on topic and then i would just say words that were kind of interconnected and then i would yeah. We would finish the podcast and I would sit down to edit it. And I'd realize like the first time that this was, this was a problem, somebody emailed me. So I got to keep an eye on that. <clears throat> so the second time I edited it and I edited like an hour and 10 minutes of content. We got down to like 44 minutes by my taking out all of the stuff where I wasn't making any sense not on purpose like i don't make sense a lot but it's not on but that's on purpose or at least that's what i'm telling people but in this case i didn't make sense and it was it was kind of a mess so last week i just it wasn't any worse maybe it was a little worse i don't know than the other two 
I just didn't have the energy to edit it. So I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry to our mm, 75 listeners, and I'm sorry to you. Well, I, you should apologize because, as I understand it, we're going to repeat topics. Um, and I don't listen to the podcast, so this <laughs> I, I've finally been compelled to uh, hear these things uh, twice, as if someone listening to it. Yeah, it, th- that so this was all part of my grand plan. Well, yeah, the joke is on me, um, yeah. as it were. If, it's not a funny joke, much like the jokes we tell on the podcast. Uh, if anyone looks at my life and says, so very, this very guy clever. Is, yeah. If anyone looks at my life and says, this guy has nefariously planned it out, they're, they're drunk. They are possibly as drunk as you were. Oh. Sometime last week when you agreed with Stephen A. Smith, the loud, bombastic um, commentator for Mm -hmm. ESPN, whose only qualities are is that he's loud and bombastic. Sure. There are a couple things I want to understand here. First, you don't have ESPN, so how did you come to his takes? And then what happened in your life? What changed about the person that I've known for years that you would suddenly be like, this guy's making good points. Well, um, I don't, I don't have ESPN and I certainly wouldn't listen to Stephen A. Smith on ESPN. If I had that channel, I do go to ESPN.com Mm-hmm. If for no other reason, there's like a, a soccer coverage tab, and I can just you know, oh, here's here's what the scores were. Uh, like did Arsenal lose and how badly? Um, so there will be embedded video, and it'll be Stephen A. Smith, and it'll be one sentence of what he said on some topic and what the topic was. Uh, I think uh, he um, he thought that this trade that um, the commanders oh. made was going to be a bad quarterback trade. It's like, hey, you know what? I think I actually agree with that. Uh, I would rather I, I would rather is. that he. I think any trade that's made by the commanders is bad because the commander part of it. is a bad name. So like I would, if I were a player, it'd be like, Oh, where am I going? Oh, you're going to the commanders. Yeah. Oh, their gear is crap. Yeah. How you getting, you get hyped up. Let's go commanders. Mm-hmm. They're just going to call them the commies. I, I like that. I like, I like that abbreviation. The commies, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what was the other uh, thing? What was the other thing? Do you remember? I can't remember the other take, but it's like these just seem like reasonable takes. I don't know if he's 
lost energy or um, maybe he's student teaching, you know, and he's just lost off the fastball. Well, I don't know. Uh, the other thing. I don't know what Stephen A's ESPN paycheck is. I would guess, given the amount of shows that he's on, that it's got more zeros uh, than your average school teacher. Then again, yours has a lot of zeros. Mine has only zeros. That's what I'm saying. Thanks for Uh, that, Paul. Yeah. Always the accountant. This is why. This is why he's the world's most dangerous accountant, folks. He will cut a man in half with a spreadsheet. Zero. Yeah. Formula. Uh, but the other thing, thing kid, he, uh, that newsman won. He, uh, he, they started this bit where he will have as his guest a mad dog of mad dog and whoever, some Boston, some famous Boston uh, talk show. Um, and uh, I, I think this is a this is like the rare gambit from ESPN that makes sense to me. Like, oh, this guy is actually good at um, talk with the talk function. Uh, you mean, you mean uh, Stephen A. Smith or Mad Dog? This Mad Dog. This yeah. Mad Dog. Like ESPN's like, well, we have a we have someone that, that does the Sports Center. Let's throw them on this other thing, and uh, you know, basically, let's have this one person do two different jobs. Um, that that is the corporate model for everyone. So it, it is, but it's like that doesn't mean you're good at the second job. But this this mad dog, he he actually did talk, you know, talk radio for some length of time. Yeah, but they've actually employed someone to do something that makes sense. Uh, for them to do so, a good good job. Well, I think talk Again, very confusing. I think talk radio people have fewer zeros than um, TV people. Yeah, in their paychecks. I don't know. I guess I don't know who's listening to talk radio. I know people do, but I'm only in the car for a little. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm in the car where i go to school to to teach that's uh let's say a 30 minute drive and i don't want to listen to anybody talk i don't like the morning shows i'm like shut up play a song shut up play a song so i end up listening to taylor swift or credence yeah whatever I, i don't want to listen to people talk about sports that time in the morning uh, I especially don't want to listen to people argue needlessly about sports at that time of the morning. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm just stunned that you agreed with Stephen A. Smith. I'm worried about you. Yeah. And I want you to know that life is precious and fragile. So if you ever need help, you, you call me. I mean, I, I don't expect it to continue, but if it does, I'll consult a physician. <laughs> good, good, good. So you had emailed me this story. We we like our animal stories here on Talking Paragraphs. Mm-hmm. And you had emailed me this story mm-hmm. that I'd lost track of, but it's actually pretty terrific. Okay. 
the headline is this is from Business Insider, which we yep. consider to be a reliable source. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service <clears throat> is hiring a grizzly bear conflict manager. Yes. Uh, the they could be paid up to one hundred and three thousand dollars a year, and for, they're based for in the right. Canada. Well, for the right candidate. Well, it says up to. I mean, you may end up starting yeah. in the eighties and have to work your way up. Expect wild camping and multiple forms of transportation, including foot, boat, and air. <laughs> foot. <laughs> how how are you getting there? Uh-huh. By foot. Boat uh-huh. or air. Uh, so I don't see any ATVs on there. Or yeah. you know, wheelchairs. Yeah. Uh or bikes. Yeah. I, I wanna know I wanna I, I wanna know what questions you ask this person. Like in in the interview. Yeah, yeah. For example, well, I had I had some ideas. Yeah, lay them on me, brother. I mean, uh, so so one question that's like, are you Smokey the Bear? Because <laughs> uh, that's because that's the most recognizable bear, and you know, it's like, uh, you know, if you're Henry Kissinger, it's like, yeah, I know this guy. He uh, he resolves some things. I'm willing to listen. So if, if you're in the bear community, it's like uh, Smokey the Bear is the most recognized bear. Uh, so if you're Smokey the Bear, you make 103,000. Like that's that's the ideal candidate. Um, but if it's like, well, I, I did get this. Uh, I'm worried about Smokey the Bear in this situation because is he the ideal candidate? And here's why I ask. This is a black bear, uh, grizzly bear negotiation. You know, what if he gets into this situation and and the black bear versus grizzly versus brown bear? Brown bears, yeah. Or like a polar bear gets mixed in somehow. We don't know what's happening in Montana, and we're not going to go there to find out. I I don't know about if he's a top candidate or not. I would have to know if he's from – I want to know in this conflict management – if he's from the Freudian uh, school of thought, I mean, what? Where is this? Wait, you think you think it's a psychologist that's doing this? Uh, well, I mean, it's conflict management. I mean, it could be that um, Tony Robbins guy, um, like a life coach type thing, and, and they go into the woods too. I mean, there's a lot of team building exercises that are in the woods. It's like, okay, normally we're an accounting firm, but we're going to try and teach leadership or team building skills by putting you in a different situation, a campsite. Um, I mean, is is this guy a beginner? Is he is he a Carl Jung? (laughs) Is, Is he the one that did the stuff with the mice? Skinner. I feel like the bears would just eat the mice <laughs> <laughs> and crash down the walls. Uh, we did a story a couple weeks back that I think actually got uh, posted. 
about uh, a bear named Big Hank that was breaking into <laughs> houses in Lake Tahoe. Right. And was responsible for something like 150 incidents. And I'm never... Well, that's, that's why they're hiring this guy. It but this is Montana. It's a lot of heat. It's, well, I think, I think you know, if you're on foot or on boat or a plane, you can get around. You can be multi-state. Sure. Uh, I think my, I, I, flying from, uh, you know... Montana to Tahoe, which is in Northern California, would be a bit of a. I mean, you, you, if you're, you go where the bears are. That's that's part of the job. I feel I feel like I'm. I, I don't know if you're the ideal candidate. If you're, you know, if you're not going to put it to where the bear is, if they, you can't expect them to come to you. Let me assure you, Paul. You know, you take. You can take a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. It's the same with bears. Let uh, me go where they are. Allow me yeah. to assure you that I am, in fact, not the ideal candidate. In fact, I would, if someone called me and said, hey, we'll pay a hundred grand. I'd be like, no, no. You're not Smokey the Bear. And the next best candidate is the guy that got the, the um, Goodyear tire off the deer. You're oh, like, why? Yeah. That, that's, that's a deer. It's like, well, now you can eat that deer. Yeah. The bear was like, I, I was going to eat this deer, but, you know, the smell of tire, burning tire, it's like, I was put off, but now I've got a full meal. <laughs> so that, I mean, you bring a lot of credentials to the bear community. It's like, oh, yeah, great. Well, um, probably the guy that airlifted the horse, it's like, okay, I can eat this horse now. He was in a canyon or down a well or whatever. He was down a well. A white horse yeah. down a well. Uh, <clears throat> well, whoever gets that job has a job that I don't want. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not jealous of her. Okay. <laughs> or her point in between. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Bear, there's a guy named Bear Grizz who does like a survival thing. His name's Bear Grizz. I think, I think he and he and he yeah. fakes that stuff. So I think, I th I think he's he's a good candidate because he's got Bear right right in his name. Does he but, have? Does he have a visa though? He's British. <laughs> Is the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service willing to admit that the British are better at something? Than we are. Yeah. Are they at that point? What about that? What about the honey boo boo uh, person? Hey, H how old is she now? Listen, she's got honey in her. Stop yourself! Stop yourself before bears. you cross a line that you can't come back from. I I'm just saying, bears love honey. You. <laughs> well, why don't we get Winnie the Pooh to do it then? <laughs> oh, bother! Yeah, that's terrific. He has this person who would get this job as a job I don't want. Another job I don't want is Border Patrol. Oh, yeah. Uh, agents uh, at a checkpoint between Mexico and San Diego yeah. caught a man with 54 lizards and snakes in his pockets and groin area. 
there were about nine snakes of various sizes and the rest were these like rare horned lizards and some sure. are more in his groin having, yeah having not researched the story i was suspicious like maybe some of these are like endangered animals that would be profitable and so on sure for people who have those creepy murder houses with uh those glass terrariums filled with snakes <laughs> and horned lizards well, your, your buddy your buddy lewis who uh does these fancy um halloween um uh decoration or events or whatever you, you put a dangerous animal in there i feel like that that raises the adrenaline level yeah that's, that's it, it, like, it oh here's a tarantula or here's a snake you're scared yeah not it's not your dad in a, a bed sheet you know <laughs> that's slightly scary and confusing but uh well there i i just uh I want to emphasize that Lewis is a very normal guy in in many respects. It's just he happens to be really into Halloween, and he's a, a great artist. Uh, he's yeah. a, a maker of all kinds. So he puts zombies and pirates. And yeah. In his old house in Urbandale, he built a pirate ship for his kids to play. I'm not, yeah. I'm not suggesting Lewis is going out and buying illegal animals either. Right. I'm just saying that man's a that would make for a scare. Yeah, he served our country, right? Uh, and he's no criminal. Uh, I'm just saying that would be scary. Setting legalities aside, it would be scary. It, it it would be scary. What would be scarier still is to have snakes and or lizards in your groin area for the smuggling purposes. <laughs> like I, if I'm. <laughs> If I'm, trying, if I'm trying to bring over a bag of black tar heroin and I have it shoved in my underwear, I'm probably fine with that. It, you're not going to get a lot of that in osmosis. But if if I'm bringing a, a lizard and or a snake shoved into my underwear, I'm not I'm not convinced that this these were for sale at all. That these may have been for some other nefarious purpose. This is, this is some lifestyle choice on his. Yeah. His yeah. He's he's bonded, bonded with them. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into what particular fetish it is, but yes, yeah. there's something strange. I'm I'm reminded of a, a I don't know if it was a Disney film where, uh, or even what brought on a lot of the film, but it was like there was a dog and a cat, and they were crossing the country, and suddenly they become friends, even though they're a cat and a dog. I feel like this could be a Disney Pixar film where it's like man and horned lizard. They start off as the marriage of convenience. They're both coming up to America and then they become friends. Right. They uh, they meet they meet in a crappy Mexico City hotel. Sure. Uh, and you know he's on the toilet and he scurries across the floor, scares the hell out of. Him. Yeah. But soon they bond, and then he's like, "I'd like well, you." To they I'd like you to introduce yeah. me to some of your friends, some of my friends. And pretty soon it's a cast of 54. Well, it's right. 
and, and there's the classic conversation like, oh, at room 201, let me look down at my ticket. Yeah, 201. And then, you know, the, the horned lizard, he has 201. You know, they double book. And, you know, there's no extra rooms. Maybe it's like those old together. cartoons, like the, the horned lizard lived in the hole. It's like 201 and a half. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they get up there and they become friends. They, they're inseparable. It's planes, trains, and automobiles, similar plots. I, I feel like this works. <laughs> um, or if that, you know, if they don't want to adapt that for whatever reason, I feel like Lewis would hire this guy because that's scary too, apart from like the snake. Yeah. The guy who's willing to have those animals on him. That I feel like that guy's scary to children and me too. Yeah, I think I think instead of hiring them, what you do is get a one of those cutaway diagrams where you know, like they used to have in biology class where they show where the organs are. But instead of showing the organs are you just have a guy showing this is where I had a snake, this is where I had a lizard. You know, you just have that. I teach that, and I feel like you're you're teaching a lot there. Like, here's the different bones of the body, and here's different, you know, animals. You're, yeah, you're teaching two things. Different different smuggling capabilities based on yeah. body sizes and shapes. You know, yeah. don't ever don't ever count yourself out uh, on the news of the dumb. So normally I would expect a story about snakes and lizards to come out of Florida, but the Florida story that I you would. brought us this week, I don't even, I can't even begin to understand. Mm-hmm. Florida has apparently named the strawberry shortcake as its official yeah. dessert. Is this correct? Uh, it's on Twitter, so I have to believe it's true. Um, uh, a, I like strawberries. Uh, Tennessee has a lot of communities with strawberry festivals. Yeah, I guess it's a it's a good area for growing strawberries. Um, it's it's not the normal story coming out of Florida. Normally, it's like someone uh, that's a meth addict has done something. Crazy to affect themselves or others. Usually, what you're running into is a Florida man story has done something right, uh, right. outrageous, but a, a crocodile has done something or an alligator. Um, but th- this seems reasonable. I mean, I, I like strawberry shortcake. I feel like um, it, as long as you've gone this far, you name that. There's a wasn't there a cartoon strawberry shortcake? Uh, it was. I think I think you just say that's your favorite cartoon or your state the state cartoon. Yeah, I feel like I they're going to go after Rainbow, that far. I feel like they're going to go after Rainbow Bright. Okay. You you know what should be the official you know what the official trading card of Florida should be? No, garbage pail kids. Even, even though they're not around anymore, they just uh, set, set up a new factory to put those cards out. Well, you have, I, a, I, you have the Florida edition, and all you do is just go through the booking notebooks of the various police agencies in Florida. It's like, oh, here's a garbage pail kid. You know, just a phone book. <laughs> nobody, nobody has a phone book anymore, Grandpa. 
Nobody even knows what that is. Do you mean the contacts list? Yeah. The phone? How would they, how would they get out? Yeah. yeah. Got it. You laughed. If they, if they, if they remade the shield today, what would Vic beat the suspects with? Ah, that is a good question. Yeah. That is a good question. Probably, probably one of those uh, soap dispensers the kids are uh, kids stealing are, from. Uh, kids on TikTok are stealing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that would be, uh, I think what he would do, he wouldn't even have to hit the guy, he'd just threaten to crack his, the screen of his phone. Like, I'll talk. <laughs> he just take his, take, take, his, take his phone and he starts lowering it into a glass of water. Yeah, yeah. There's no rice here in the station, buddy. I'm just telling you right now. Here's here's what's funny. You made fun of me for mentioning the phone, but but I don't know if the kids, the savvy listeners of our podcast, remember the Shield. That's that's an old show. It is an old show. We are old, yeah. uh, and I'm reminded of that every day by my students. So, uh, yeah. what are you going to do? So we're talking about strawberry shortcake. We might as well get into. Uh, food and its role in the global conflict that we're seeing. Uh, as as we, I don't like to talk about serious things on the podcast because everyone else is talking about serious things, and who needs who needs that? Yeah, sure. But a uh, couple of things have happened in the in the R- Russia war against ukraine that i think are worth noting one uh coca-cola no coke in russia you're out no coke for you but right but pepsi's still there so i feel like no harsher thing could we inflict on russia by making it a pepsi only area as you know i'm a big pepsi fan but i think that while they're drinking like mountain dew and Pepsi and you know whatever variety they choose, you know the diabetes will slow the Russian army down. Um, <laughs> if if I was Vladimir Putin, yeah. what I would do once I heard Coke had pulled out is I would have every person on the front lines, like in a Russian tank, drinking Pepsi. Be like, yeah. you know, just just to embarrass Pepsi. Then uh, yeah. Pepsi would have to pull out. They could, uh, they could put the little Pepsi, they could put the Pepsi logo on the side of the tank. Little sure, thing. why not? Uh, it's, it's not as if Vladimir Putin is all that concerned about trademark infringement. So, not. Go yeah. for it, buddy. So, that the other thing that happened here, also Starbucks pulled out of Russia, but I don't care what they're doing. Uh, they, they probably refused to serve some ukrainians a few days earlier and then had to close down to talk about how you're not supposed to refuse service to ukrainians and the russians came in they refused service to the russians they had closed for another day and they're like you know what let's just close down in this area for a while uh i'm referencing i'm referencing old stuff where uh starbucks in various places either treated black people or cops crappily depending on the whatever flavor of idiot you had behind the behind the counter. Anyway, I'll, this is the big one. This I'll is play the, uh-huh. This is the no do your joke. 
Uh, well, hopefully they have some sensitivity training to address that. So he, here's the thing. Here's the big mm-hmm. thing. It's always in economics and in history. Uh, they kept telling us, or at least they, that's what they said to me in my school, was no two countries that have a McDonald's have ever gone to war. That both have McDonald's. Well, uh, Ukraine has McDonald's. They're all currently closed because of the, the bombing. Yeah. Uh, and Russia has McDonald's, which are closed because McDonald's won't do business with them. Yeah. So this huge economic principle that was sold to us as capitalism will ultimately defeat the ills of whatever enemy we have. This has been uh, overturned. Like it's been overturned in a big way. No one yeah. believes now. So I, I want you're the economic expert on the podcast, Paul. Break this down for me. Will well it ever be safe? to make a broad, pointless generalization about fast food restaurants again? Um, well, I, I, I feel like uh, fast food restaurants will not be stopped uh, for, from, from doing zany things. I mean, we, we already talked about uh, Taco Bell having a program where you can order a taco a day for a month. Yeah. And that's weird. You were uh, into that though. You you were excited. Uh yeah. Uh I, I don't know if this will last. Plus, plus it's kind of a busy time of the year for me. Yeah. But uh you know, in the summer I'd be down with that. I think I it's already really over. It. It's over. Yeah, yeah. But uh, this isn't you know, this isn't the first uh economic tide restaurant thing yeah i feel like there's a waffle house thing where it's like as long as the waffle house is still open uh like business is surviving but as soon as the waffle house goes and it's like oh things got real now uh because they're like a cockroach they can survive almost anything so it's like the lights go out in the waffle house it's like oh thanks we've got problems serious problems uh uh, I, I'm I'm curious if if the McDonald's people are making a moral stand or that they were aware of this uh, this economic principle and it's like, hey, we need to close down so that this stays true. Uh, well, I, I you know. I admire McDonald's in many ways. One, one of the things that I admire about them is that despite taking both barrels from the media uh, after that stupid book that was scientifically unreliable, the uh, Super Size Me book, Oh, they, were yeah. like, they were like, okay, we'll sell salads. We won't say super size. <laughs> sure, no problem. And 
I admire that that they were they were like, yeah, that's a problem, you know. And they they were shrinking for a while, but then the pandemic came along, and I'm sure that was bad for them as it was for everybody else. But I remember I remember one day I rolled in there and I was like, yeah, can I get a southwestern salad? And they're like, oh yeah, we don't have those anymore. I'm like, really? Like, yeah, we haven't had those since the start of the pandemic. I was like, well played. Well played, McDonald's. Uh, They waited for their opportunity. They're like, that's in the dump. We're not doing that crap anymore. Like, there was that time where uh, McDonald's was serving breakfast all day, certain breakfast items. Pandemic started, like, yeah, we're done with that. Because it was a huge pain in the ass with the equipment. They're like, yeah, we're just not doing it anymore. Yeah, pandemic. Yeah, horrible. Uh, yeah, we're not we're not having breakfast all day anymore. I I admire that. It's like they'll wait, they'll wait this out. Like right now, they're like, well, can't sell Big Macs in Moscow right now. You know, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> we'll be fine. Uh, this this does seem like a blow to them. Mm. Uh, because well, let me let me finish because they uh. Uh, don't they like own the own the property? So it's like, oh well, even if the restaurant closes, we'll sell the land on or do something else with it. Well, that may be but, true uh, in America, but I think in Russia, it's abandoning it. You know, in Russia, I don't know that anybody owns anything. Isn't that the whole idea of a communist state? <laughs> I mean, sure, sure. Who knows? Uh. <clears throat> Turning to sports. Oh, wait, one more food item. Uh, so I went to see the Batman movie. We talked about it on our now lost mm-hmm. episode, and I'm not going to force Paul yeah. to talk about it again. But the there is a tie-in to the Batman movie that yeah. is probably, I, I would argue, if it's not the greatest of all time, Mm-hmm. Is everything okay over there? It sounds like you're assembling a Lego set. I, I'm making, I'm making a little Caesar's pizza. That's the sound of the, the pizza cutter. Oh, is it? Uh, you don't make little Caesar's pizzas. They make them for you. You, you philosophic. Anyway, uh, little Caesar's pizza has a Batman movie tie-in. In yeah. which they make a calzone pizza. So, like, there's a calzone sitting in the middle of a regular pizza, which they seem to think looks vaguely like a bat symbol. It yeah. doesn't in any way look like a bat symbol. What it looks like is somebody took one crappy Little Caesar's pizza, rolled it up, and threw it in the middle of another crappy Little Caesar's pizza, and they said, you can have this for ten dollars or sixteen dollars or however much it costs. I I thought it looked like they just kind of cut. It was a circle and then they cut at a couple spots and folded that backwards. Oh, that so could that it kind of look like a wing. I don't know. I've not, I have not ordered and consumed one of these novelty products, but I do I do like uh, someone someone in the Little Caesars marketing department got a raise. Uh, they're coming up with it. I hope they did. I, I do hope that they did as well, except mm-hmm. for the part where 
I, I never wanted this thing to exist. There yeah. is there is that hang up on my end. Yeah. Um, but that's that's my problem. <laughs> you never wanted a Batman pizza? Is that what I'm hearing? I just uh, like when, there were all kinds of tie-ins with movies at McDonald's and Burger King when I was growing up. Right. And yeah. it was always like go to Burger King and you get a Star Wars glass. And yep. the glass has like some kind of scene from the movie on the glass. Yeah. They didn't turn the ha- they didn't turn the whopper into a lightsaber. Yeah. You know, they were like, no, this is fine. You know, you could go get a toy at McDonald's of some Disney thing. Right. Like I have a couple of Batman things from a from a cartoon on my desk here from back in the early nineties. Um or maybe late nineties, I don't remember which, but that were McDonald's things. You go, you buy a happy meal and you get the little toy. That was it. But they didn't yeah. they didn't shape a Big Mac into Catwoman. Yeah. So I just feel like this is unnecessarily silly yeah like if, if they'd had if they had that little caesar's guy and he's like a yeah. like a batman villain like batman just like swings in in cartoon form and beats the crap out of him that that would get me to buy a little caesar's <laughs> um chick Flay, they did a time you know they got He's sitting there with these, like, pizza, pizza, and he's like, I am vengeance. Yes, and D, they do Italian. For our our Midwestern listeners, Captain D is like Long John Silver is only in the South. (laughs) It's the Riddler. It's like, when when am I going to have to use the restroom? (laughs) (laughs) Riddle me this. Question mark. Riddle me this. When does the diarrhea start? <laughs> what they ought to have at Long John Silver's and Captain D's is like at one of those chess timers. And you put it yeah. on the table and you eat your meal and then you sit and you hit it and you time. The first person to go has a clock. They go to the bathroom, take care of business. The next person, that's, you can't wait. You can't be in there any longer than that. You know, that's as long as you can be in the bathroom. I like that idea. I never thought we would get that far with the bat pizza, but we did. Yeah. Uh, we did. So um, mm-hmm. let, let us talk about positive news. Okay. We have some of that? We do. George R.R. R. Martin, the author, yeah. the author of the Game of Thrones book series, that mm-hmm. the HBO series was kind of based on for a while, and then they needed yeah. more material than than he had actually published. So he, they kind of talked, and he did. They did whatever they were going to do with dragons and winter is coming, and all of that nonsense, which I'm so glad has gone away, so I don't have to hear about it anymore. Yeah. And well, now he has said uh, yeah. to the fans, after years of kind of giving the middle finger to the fans. And saying, like, I think it's somebody at a Comic-Con 
asked him like, well, mm-hmm. we're worried that you're going to die before these books get done. And he was like, yeah, yeah. screw you. You know, I got, I'm cashing that check anyway. Uh, he has assured his fans that he will, in fact, finish these books. I guess HBO is doing a new, like, prequel series. Right. Uh, that's awesome. I, I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually interested in watching that. Um, I, okay, so, yeah, he said he's working on it. So that's great. That's great news. Uh, I would hope so. But, uh, the yeah, the HBO people, it's like, hey, this is a popular show. We, we need to finish the show up. But you, you're not done with the books. Uh, so he basically told them how the story was going to go. Uh, so they, they kind of fleshed it out of how it was going to go. So I, I don't I don't know what the appetite is from the readers generally. I, I, I'm interested because I didn't watch the HBO show, but uh, it is a little spoiled from what I've heard of, of the events of the season for the books that aren't written yet. Um, I understand that there but, was a wedding where everyone was killed. I that, that book's already been written. Yeah, I understand that there were a bunch of dragons and fighting about dragons. Yeah. I understand that yeah. winter is in fact coming, and may have already come that, and gone. They spoiled that. That that had, they hinted at the, the idea of winter as a season. Uh, <laughs> they had been on autumn. They had been in autumn mm-hmm. fall. But they didn't say anything about winter. This could have been a permanent fall in this uh, yeah. realm, for sure. Uh, <laughs> I only know these things because they slipped into the popular vernacular. And people, when winter was actually yeah. coming, people would say, winter is coming. with As if they were, yeah. they were so hilarious. It was kind of like, remember that old game show? where they had this snippy British lady and people voted each other off by how fast they answered questions. The weakest link. Absolutely. Oh, okay. It was called the weakest link. And, right. and then people would, she would, she, when somebody got kicked off the show, they'd say, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. And yeah. then you would find people saying that you know to their friends and stuff you know you'd be flipping stuff and they'd be like you are the weakest link goodbye and like a family guy episode like just lampooned this where like stewie was like oh that's so fresh i've never heard anyone say that outside the context of the show before you've made like a twist out of this i would have never seen this coming so that's where i am with uh you are the weakest link Goodbye. Right. And so I, I is it's not a show that I watched, but I was forced to know about because of that stuff. Yeah. That way about Game of Thrones. Well, Thrill. you'll have you'll have students named Cersei and Danny because those were characters in the show in the books. That's coming. You know, winter's coming, but those names are also coming. Right on. Uh, yeah. Uh, Thanks, thanks for the update. I, I'd forgotten that these books existed. 
because it has been like five years. But uh, have you written? Have you, this, are, not, are you up to speed on the ones that exist? Yeah, I, I mean, in the last five years, I got caught up on those books as they were released. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All right, last bit of news here. Uh, baseball, which is a sport we both used yeah. to like has uh, solved its labor problem for now. Uh, and they're going to have a full season. And yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, apparently a certain kind of shift is no longer allowed. And maybe there'll be bigger bases. I don't know. I really don't care. Um, yeah. Because baseball, like many sports, has made – itself so boring by overusing metrics that I just I I don't know. I mean baseball was always kind of dull, but it was dull in a way that was mildly entertaining. Like an Andy uh, but I just uh I don't have any I don't have any time or energy for this um stuff anymore. That's where I'm coming. I would say that, yeah, baseball has probably suffered from the social media of like 24-hour news and uh, uh, the, the way like your phone is designed to have little noises and whatnot. So you're always, your, your mind just wants to reflexively look down every 10 seconds. Sure. Um, you see that when you watch like games it, on TV. You see people sitting there like in really expensive seats on their phones. Right. So, you know. You, you do. Uh, I, I'm, I'm saying baseball, like of all the, uh, the American endeavors, is probably suffered the most from the advent of the 24-7 on your screen all the time mindset, which is perpetuated by the tech companies. Because they've designed their, designed their stuff to be um, like neurologically addictive. And baseball is just very laid back and slow. Um, and there's no amount of dipping dots that counteracts like uh, uh, those influences. Um, but they're trying hard. The, the other story that I saw related is that the... Uh, the winner of the home run derby might settle a tie in the all-star game. So I'm sure that has fans super hyped that this will be a new thing. Yeah. Um, they're, they're just doing anything to get me to try to watch that stupid home run derby. And I'm not going to do it. You, you can't make me. I don't want to hear. I know that Chris Berman does it, but I still don't want to hear his voice ever again. If the, if the winner of it got to stab, Furman, or choose, you know, what limb to hack off or something like that. <laughs> I'd be, I have a mild interest there. Uh, I think that they should, they, the, the top two candidates, instead of hitting home runs, should just uh, UFC fight with the bats. Yeah. You know, uh, use whatever's available to you at the park to win the fight. And then that's 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 how you decide the home run derby. 
I, I don't know what things they're going to do to baseball. Like they already have that stupid pitcher must face three batters before they can be removed rule. Uh, that's stupid. Yeah. Like at some point you're not playing baseball anymore. You're playing some kind of thing that's not baseball. I, I don't know what it is. Right. I, we were talking before the show. I like I, I'm ready to switch to softball because like I've enjoyed those games that I've watched on ESPN, like during the softball world series. But I've also, I like the fact that they only take an hour and a half or two hours, like a soccer game. Um, uh, I like the fact that the pitcher is only about four feet from the batter when she releases the ball. So you've got to have, you got to have some courage to go up there and do that to begin with. Um, you know, I like the fact that there's still a little bit of small ball played. Everybody thinks it's all bunting in softball, but that hasn't been true for a long time. There, uh, I can't remember the name of the school, but some gal just set the uh, home run record for Division One softball, hit her 97th home run. Yeah. Oklahoma has a I my IUT has a good, good. softball program. So, um, I, like I, I, I'm probably going to watch baseball this summer while I well, read about getting a job and that sort of stuff. But you you'll know, be, you'll be, well, you'll be curious to know when what's his nose gets fired. Aaron Boone, yeah. Yeah. Aaron Boone. Well, he won't get fired because Hal Steinbrenner uh, is not a competitor. Hal Steinbrenner is an asset manager. And so all he cares about is the profit level of the team rather than winning, which you would think winning would be more profitable than anything. But Bill, uh-huh. Bedwell, Bill Bedwell, Bill Bidwell who owned the St. Louis Cardinals football team and later the Arizona Cardinals proved that to be untrue for years. He, he realized he could just make a profit just on the TV money and didn't try for decades, decades. So I want to be excited about baseball. I want to be like, Oh, great. Baseball is coming back, but I'm not. Uh, I'm more interested in the NBA playoffs. I'm not at all interested in the NCAA playoffs, uh, the NCAA tournament. I am interested in the women's yeah. tournament because uh, the Iowa team is coached by some friends of mine, and I want them yeah. to do well. And they won the Big Ten regular season and the uh, conference tournament, so they I'm, should a decent seed. Yeah. I'm, inter- I'm interested in my local team, the University of Memphis. Did, uh, did Penny turn it around? He did. Penny's the coach. Yeah. Uh, he has as an assistant coach, Laurie Brown, who I would hope is the actual coach. Because <laughs> um, Laurie Brown is good at coaching basketball. Um, <laughs> they have like a superstar recruiting class. And despite that, they just kind of... Uh, they had a real bad patch in the middle of the season, and Penny uh, got cranky with the 
some person asking him questions like, you know, why do you suck? Why, why does your team suck? But uh, they turned it around. So I have a mild interest in this uh, Bad News Bears uh, turnaround story. Yeah. Uh, which, I don't know, didn't need to happen because it seemed like they had everything in place to be good. Uh, but they still fumbled the football there halfway through the the season. Even though uh, it was baseball. I think the team just picked up better when they started shooting actual basketballs. Hey, let's use this basketball. Yeah. yeah, this, yeah. Round, this round ball that seems appropriate for throwing in this way. I think it'll do well on this court, you know, yeah. getting in the suit. There'll be less of those awkward fumbles. Where, where everybody's diving for the ball and it's just kind of seesawing on the ground. Well, yeah. Let's, let's use, try that. Let's use our hands. We'll use our hands. We won't kick it anymore. Yeah. That's all I got, Paul. That's the whole card. That's the whole card? Yeah, I'm not, getting, I'm, not, I'm not getting into any of that stuff from last week because it upset you. I don't well, know. we're at it. We're exactly at an hour, so. Well, then I, I, I not planning, but this was uh, serendipity. Uh, well, dinner will be on the way soon, so you get us out of here, buddy. This one's going up for sure. Uh, be you know, be kind, behave. Uh, you know, look to the example, Penny Hardaway in his uh, post-game interactions. Uh, in terms of what not to do. Don't threaten to kill uh, the referee. Hey, yeah, don't be like that PSG owner. Yeah, there, we got that one. Kill the ref. That was the only one that was, on, that was on the card that we didn't get in. <laughs> Nobody knows what PSG is. Is that, is that like a product? they make cigarettes? I don't know. We're done. I'll talk to you later, buddy. <laughs> later. Wow. Well guess we can close the file on that one. <laughs>